Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM. You know, we've only been on FM for a couple of years. Our show next week will be our five-year anniversary. So Woo-hoo! our team of engineers and KHTSB bring a big birthday cake for the five-year anniversary of Ash Brian Radio. For those of you who have never, ever, ever listened to the Ash Brian Radio show, maybe you're off for the first time and you finally have time at 1 to 2 p.m., well, you're missing a lot. Ask Brian Radio is spelled A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N, and we're going to get into that in a second. But for those of you who have not listened to our show, each week we interview somebody that either has a startup or has a new business concept or an expert in their field where we can ask them questions to try to find out more information. Our goal, which is part of the E in Ask Brian, is to educate everyone. And if we're educating you and you're learning something, and this is the show for you, and we're very, we've accomplished our goal. But we're going to ask our delightful engineer that begins with an E, so we're taking that E away plus the education part because he stole our engineer. Our engineer, her name was Emily. She's not there. What he did with her, we'll have to contact the FBI or something. We'll see what's going on here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's <laughs> <laughs> got true crime on the brain, Patty. What am I, chopped liver over here? Come on, I've been with you for two years, and then you do me like that? Wow. Remember, Where's Waldo? Well, now they're asking, Where's Emily? They changed the name from Where's Waldo to Where's Emily. Anyway, Mr. Patrick. Yes, tis I. Who, and he's not Patrick O'Brien, because he is Irish, and that probably would be a perfect name. I do actually know a Patrick O'Brien, actually, funny enough. I think you should change your name. No, I already know a guy named that. (laughs) And then we can ask you why you have an O in front of Brian. <laughs> anyway, some people always ask before we start our show, they want to know what the E is for. And so we wanted to have you give us some information about why do you spell S Brian with an E? Well, I'll tell you why. Because there's a lot of words that have to, you know, kind of deal with like a thematic element to uh, what the S Brian show is. You took away, you know, engineer, you know, when you're saying, you know, between me and Emily and all that stuff. So, engineer, because that's me and Emily. Outside of that, there was an empathy, because uh, you were not very empathetic. You're empathetic towards Emily, not so much towards me. Ooh. Ever. Ooh. Ever. <laughs> that's another E with ever. Whatever? No, ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Flat out, ever, never. <laughs> ever, never. Never, ever, ever. Okay, we're going with that. Um, outside of that, experience, because everybody that is on the Ask Brian show brings in experience to the field. How do you define experience? Someone who has been doing something for a very, very long time. I thought it was five years because we calculated out 40 hours a week times 50 weeks is 2,000 times five years is 10,000 hours, which is what you need to become an expert. You lost me when you had a number. (laughs) <laughs> well, and I, I don't know any entrepreneur who takes two full weeks off and only works 40 hours a week. So I don't even know if it really even takes the full five years. 
Patrick, you're not good with numbers, so I guess we can't go over your IQ. Anyway. Oh, oh okay. Oh, I feel all oh, that hurt. There's that, no empathy in that. There, no, that, that one stings. <laughs> ouch. Where's the there's no E and ouch. Right yeah, there's no, no e, e and ouch. There's no E and IQ well, either. Well, there's an E and eat. That was an eat. <laughs> There'd be emotional intelligence, too, you know. That would be e- that would be well, emotional intelligence. That'd be EI. Well, so what are the other E's for? Well, the other ones. Well, there he's played the empathy <laughs> card, so we went even worse down there. Enthusiasm. Uh, he, he brings the enthusiasm. I'm. I think I lost mine when he gave me that that shot. Oh, this is painful. Uh, enthusiasm, excitement. It was a shot of tequila, and you know it. <laughs> I think that I'm going to need one after this. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I got hey Patty, I got accused of day drinking on the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Everything's just going downhill. <laughs> We're in for a wild ride. Let's just go. It was never uphill anyway, so I don't know. <laughs> oh man. Um we have experts because everyone we bring onto the show is an expert in the field of their choice. Well, before we get to our guest, I do want to introduce my co host. Uh co host is <laughs> What is everyone laughing about? My co-host. I just want to. I just. I can't wait to hear how you inter- how you introduce your guest. Same. I will do that very shortly. So we have our co-host uh, Tracy DeFore from uh, currently what Arizona? Because you know you switch every week. Oh, I'm in Georgia. I'm in New Mexico. I'm in Arizona. I'm in Colorado. I'm I'm on a spaceship to Mars. So where are you today? A new state every week. Um, t- <laughs> today I'm in Tucson, Arizona, but my next destination will be. Charleston, South Carolina, but only for a little podcasting pop-up strategy session. Okay. And so without any further ado, and how do you spell ado? A-D-I-E-U. And why do I like that word? Because every single letter minus the D is a vowel. All right. Without any ado, (laughs) we are going to introduce our special guest today. She comes from 3,000 miles away, born and raised, and... She has an expertise in a very interesting product or service, I should say. It's called podcasting, so we're going to learn about that today. And she's the president of Podcast for You. And Tracy, is she there? <laughs> yeah, she's. <laughs> Perfect. Time. So just a couple little things we should talk about our, our uh, guest is that she is an internationally recognized podcast expert and she is the founder and CEO of Produce Your Podcast. And, <laughs> and she, I do like that podcast. Our, for you. Yes. So I might have to see if that domain is available. <laughs> she also produces the podcast for the S. Brian Radio Show. Yes, she does. So Why should I start talking, stop talking about myself in third person? <laughs> Anyway, a couple of things. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but we are going to ask you, when was the first podcast? So the very first podcast was somewhere on or around to, no, 1998. (laughs) Why did you have to hit me with that question? You know it wasn't on the list. (laughs) Exactly why I did. Yeah, now my status is just like, you know, not, no, my, actually my original thought was right, is 2004. So Adam Curry and Dave Weiner are credited with the invention of podcasts, but 
podcasting itself is, by definition, is an audio file in the form of an MP3 that can be downloaded on demand. But if you are really tracking on the current status of podcasting, people have audio podcasts, video podcasts, streaming podcasts, but the true 100% integrity definition of a podcast is an audio file in MP3 format that can be downloaded on demand. Okay, and that, that's different than a YouTube or, or Facebook Live, correct? That is, because Facebook Lives are actually done, they are done live, and you can then record those and then repurpose that in audio or video format. And YouTube is all video in terms of what it's known for, but you can upload an audio podcast to YouTube using just static graphics, so you don't have to create a video or you don't have to record yourself podcasting in order to have a podcast on YouTube. Why do you think podcasting is so popular today? Well, I think there are multiple reasons why podcasting is so popular. I mean, what really kicked it off was, you know, you were asking about the beginning, which was in 2004, but what really started to put podcasting on the map was when iTunes when Steve Jobs put the podcast app on the iPhone. And then it was popular, but still really hard to find, and people didn't really even understand what it was. But then the podcast serial came to be so incredibly popular. It was a true crime series, which I'm sure you're really into because you've been talking about true crime all morning. But And that is when people get really hooked on the idea of podcasting. So that's one of the reasons. And the second reason is it's a really great marketing tool for business owners. And people are just kind of over screen fatigue. Like they don't want to be tied to having to watch something. They like it that it's portable, that you can take it with you and that it is something that is an alternative to having to be fixated on the computer screen or the television. Why do you think there are so many podcasts? Well, I think that it's an interesting growth trajectory if you look at it. So when I launched my very first podcast, which was in 2016, there was approximately 350,000 podcasts available in Apple Podcasts at the time. Now, fast forward six years later, you're looking at approximately 1.2 million podcasts now in Apple Podcasts. So that is an amazing growth trajectory for any business in itself, but any type of trend. And I think it has become a trend in that people have discovered that they can learn from them, they can be educated, they can be entertained. They can be enlightened. They can have something fun to talk about at the water cooler whenever people go back to the water cooler conversations or on their Zoom calls. And most of the time, podcasts will leave you leaving, will leave you feeling lighter or smarter. And it can cover any genre from true crime to how to to history. So it really has an ability to touch everybody's lives in whatever area they're interested in learning more about. Why did you say Apple Podcasts? Because you can have podcasts on Spotify. You can even do it, I guess, on your own. Is it because Apple is the largest? Is that why you use the word Apple Podcasts? Or isn't Spotify and some other companies just as, as have as many podcasts as an Apple? Well, 
Great question. So Apple Podcasts was where the podcast originated from in terms of, like I said, when Steve Jobs put the podcast app on the iPhone, Apple Podcasts was at that point in time really the only discovery platform for podcasts unless you found them on someone's website. People weren't even even weren't even putting them on YouTube at that point. So over the course of the last, let's just round it out, 10 years, there have been multiple platforms, but basically from 2019 to where we are today, the amount of acquisitions that have occurred and the amount of platforms has grown exponentially. So Spotify started in 2019 by making acquisitions. They put approximately $300 million plus investing in Spotify in the year 2019, which was a big signal to Apple that they were going to be a big player, and they have become a big player. And depending on what stats that you look at currently, it's really a hairline as to whether people listen more on Apple Podcasts or they listen more on Spotify, and Spotify is going to ultimately take over. One of the primary reasons for that is that you can listen to Spotify on an Android or an Apple, and obviously you can only listen to Apple Podcasts on an iOS operating system. So it was a really smart investment for Spotify to start claiming their foothold in the space. But then you also have Amazon, you have iHeartMedia, you have Pandora, SiriusXM, like all the players have really jumped in, just to what degree. So if I'm not mistaken, I believe Seth Rogen may be one of the largest podcasters out there. Is that correct? Joe Rogan is by far one of the largest podcasts. He signed a multi-year licensing deal with Spotify back in 2020. It was speculated it was like a $100 million deal. And an interesting thing that I always like to share with people about Joe Rogan's podcast is when you're talking about what exactly is a podcast and should you have your podcast on YouTube or just an audio format is that he, prior to his engagement with Spotify, he was getting 1 million downloads per episode on YouTube, but he was getting 2 million downloads in the listening platform. So he was getting a two-to-one ratio of downloads of the people who were actually listening to his show versus watching it on YouTube. So obviously you don't want to discount the power of YouTube being the second largest search engine owned by the first largest search engine, but that is a real testament to the fact that audio podcasts are still the real core essence of the podcasting industry. And how do you get those astronomical numbers? I mean, I'm thinking typical podcast getting 500 people with that and, you know, with over 1 million, uh, I think you said 1.2 million podcasts, you know, how does somebody who's got a, you know, he owns a furniture store down the street, whatever, he starts the podcast, how do you even get beyond 500? I, I don't even know how you do that. Well, interesting thing, with Joe Rogan, for example, you know, he was not an overnight sensation. He was just an overnight podcasting sensation. And so, leading up to the growth of his podcast, he already had a pretty strong existing fan base through what he was doing in wrestling and sports broadcasting and some other things that he was accumulating a really large fan base before he ever even became a household name. And when we work with the producer podcast, when we work with business owners who want to leverage podcasting as a marketing tool, the first thing that we look at is what type of existing audience are they going to be able to bring to the podcast. So 
Do they already have an active email newsletter base? How are they engaging and what kind of social media presence do they have? Do they already speak at events? A lot of people will actually start a podcast after they've been guesting on other people's podcasts. So you want to take a look at, first and foremost, like who can you reach out to in that inner core audience that you already have that you're bringing with you to the podcast? And then once that you have the podcast launch and you market to them, it creates traction and momentum, but you have to stay on top of the marketing. So you want to send out newsletters every week or biweekly when the podcast releases. You want to post the episodes on social media when they release. You want to utilize video promos and audio promos, and you just want to continue to cultivate and build the audience. And one of the fastest ways to build an audience, actually, once you have a podcast, is to guest on other people's podcasts so that the easiest audience to build is an audience who's already listening to podcasts that are already listening to podcasts in your business category, and then we'll check out your podcast. So that's it's a slower climb if you're not already bringing the kind of fan base that these celebrities who are launching podcasts are bringing. But there is a really good relevance to reaching 250, 300, 500 people on a week-to-week basis. One of the things I always like to ask people is, when was the last time you actually stood on a stage in front of 350 to 500 people, maybe if not ever? And if you have, have you done it once a week, every week for, you know, 12 months? That's a lot of people that you're reaching for a local furniture store type branded podcast. And so do you think there are too many podcasts now? Oh, absolutely not. I get asked that question so often. Is like, is it too late to start a podcast? But when we look at those numbers like, okay, so in six years they went from 350,000 to over 1.2 million. But there's over a billion YouTube channels. There's over a billion Facebook accounts. There's over half a million Twitter accounts. I mean, the growth in podcasting has not even hit the tipping point yet. And I think because so much of the mainstream media has extensions of their shows as podcasts and a lot of the HBO and Showtime have companion podcasts to shows that you hear so much about it, but it is absolutely not a saturated market. Um, I've been listening and I've heard your answers regarding podcasting. It sounds like something I could see people having an interest in, but people say, how do I get started? I mean, I bought a microphone at uh, Best Buy, and uh, what else do I need to get this podcast going, and how am I going to make it work? Well, I love that you started with the microphone, because that's actually, <laughs> that's actually where most people either start or are intimidated about by starting, but you actually... I'm very intimidated. Even though, yeah, I can tell. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you've always been so shy. But with, with launching a podcast, you really want to back up from the equipment before you take that step, and the first step that you want to do is really establish why podcasting. Why is podcasting going to work for you and is it going to work for you as a marketing tool? And once that you have established that you have the that you do want to create content in a podcast version, then discovering like the why you're doing it and the niche that you're going to be talking about. One of the things that you want to be really specific with with podcasting is taking the content that you're creating and niching it down. So For example, if you were starting a podcast that was helping entrepreneurs launch businesses, then you could niche that down into helping women entrepreneurs launch businesses, and then you could niche it down even further into helping women in tech entrepreneurs launch businesses. So that's just one example of how you would want to just really narrow your focus and just hone in on your expertise. And once you have 
that you want to also determine what type of format. Do you want to be a solo podcaster where you just provide tips and takeaways, or do you want to have a Q&A podcast a lot like what we're doing now on the radio show that gets repurposed into a podcast? And then at that point in time when you're ready to launch the podcast, then you want to look at, and this is something that people really miss the boat on, they don't take into consideration, is how much time do you want to devote to the recording of the podcast, the editing of the podcast, the distribution of the podcast, and the marketing of the podcast. And if you are someone who likes to do everything yourself, that's absolutely possible. There are some really great platforms out there that you can start a podcast on any budget. And you can start by recording it on your phone and uploading it to a free platform like Anchor. Or you can really think through how is this going to affect my audio brand because an audio brand is an extension of all of your other branding. So when you're looking to launch a podcast for your business, you really want to look at it being as important of an investment in terms of how it looks and how it sounds and how it's produced in the same way that you would pay attention to your website design, your logo, your graphics, and anything that also reflects your brand. Because this is an extension of your brand, it's just an audio extension of it. So that really then lends you to assess, is this something that's sustainable if you start it on your own and continue to do it on your own? Or do you have budget that you can allocate to a production company that will either do everything for you or parts of the process for you. And then once you get it launched, then you have to look at it as another marketing outlet. And so how are you treating that? Is that someone that's going to manage that for you for the long run or is that something you're going to do for yourself? So all of these things you want to evaluate and assess before you make that decision to buy that microphone. But when you're ready, you get the most important thing the absolute most important thing in the sustainability and the growth of a podcast is having the best quality audio that you can afford. What about validating the concept? Validating the concept is something that you want to do in that whole process that we were talking about in terms of discovering your why. And you could work with a podcast coach or podcast consultant doing what we call discovery sessions, which is where we do a deep dive into the format, how it's going to look, how it's going to sound, and how it's going to integrate into your marketing strategy. These are all the questions that you can assess on your own, but you want to really just be sure that what you're launching is going to be niche enough and entertaining and educational enough that people will keep coming back to it. I think one of the biggest challenges that podcasters face when they're developing their proof of concept is they're thinking more about what's in it for them as the host. When we really encourage new podcasters when they're creating their format and creating their concept to what's in it for the listener, because listening to podcasts is on demand, and that means that someone's making a conscious decision to take an hour, 30 minutes, however long your show is, they're making a conscious decision to take that time out of their day to listen to what it is that you have to say. So you really want to be sure that you're providing that listener value and bringing to them something that they want to not only hear once, but keep coming back and hearing more and more of and telling people about it and sharing it with other people. So it's not what's in it for you as the host in terms of how you can grow your business, which you can, but in order to do that, you really have to think about what's in it for the listener 
why do they want to listen to your podcast and your podcast content? What's a typical budget you need? I mean, like, if I have $400 in the bank account, I mean, I'm probably not going to be able to start it, even though I could buy the equipment. I mean, how much do I need to budget for this? Because obviously it's not going to be bringing in revenue in the beginning if it brings money in at all. Another great question. So when you're thinking about budgeting for a podcast, you want to look at a couple of different scenarios. One is if you want to record the podcast on your own but don't want to delve into the editing piece of it, then you really want to budget and allocate your resources to the possibility of hiring someone to at least support you in editing. If you're like no frills, you really don't have the money to maybe launch a full-scale professionally branded audio podcast for your business, you can start out by just recording audio on your computer or through even using AirPods and recording it on your computer is better than speaking into the computer. You know, obviously a mic and headset is going to give you better quality audio, but you can start where you are with your budget. And there are some really good editing programs out there right now. There's a program called Descript where you don't have to be a professional editor. You can record the audio file. You can import it into this program called Descript, and you can actually edit out ums and ahs and move content around. It's it's pretty amazing for someone who has no engineering experience. And then as your budget grows, you can add in what's called a podcast manager. So a podcast manager is somebody who might do minor editing, but they do all of the important things to grow the audience. So they're going to help you create show notes. They're going to help you with graphic design. They're going to help you with social media and, and all of the things, the email marketing, getting it uploaded to the platforms, getting it uploaded to your website. And if you're a business that wants to come out of the gate with fully vetted resources that you know you're going to be really good and the podcast is going to be really good for you, your business, and your audience, then you would start out with using a full-service production company because they're going to help you walk through that discovery process, really identifying your niche. They're going to curate music beds for you. They're going to help you get professional voiceovers. They're going to help you get all the approvals. And you're going to consider it an investment like you would if you were hiring a web designer or if you were hiring a digital marketing strategist. It's going to be on the same caliber of budget and performance but you know you're going into that with a much larger expectation. You mentioned platforms. I think you're referring to the platforms of the Amazons and the Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but I'm wondering about a different type of platform, and that is, you know, is there a platform that I can go to that I can go online or, or download some software where I can just start my podcast right there? I don't have enough money yet for the production manager or to customize it or coach it, but I just want to get out there and get my thing going. Is there like a special companies out there that have their own platform in that respect, that you can create your own podcast stuff and then when you finish with the uh, podcast itself, just upload it to the Apples and the, and the Amazon? That's a great question because you really want to discern between the listening platforms, which to your point, those are the Spotify's, the Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcasts. Those are where listeners go to find your podcast and to listen to your podcast. Then there are the platforms where your podcast is actually hosted so that you are having a hosting platform that is the distribution origination point to get to all of those other 
listening platform. So it can be a little bit confusing. So when you are starting a podcast, you don't necessarily want to have it hosted on your own website because audio and video files take up a lot of space and they don't directly connect to the all the Spotify's, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. So you would want to look at what your budget can afford and invest in the best platform that you can afford. And some of the the ones like Anchor, for example, is owned by Spotify. It has a free opportunity and then a very small monthly amount to have your podcast hosted there. And when I say podcast hosting platform, think of it like when you have a website, you may buy your domain, for example, on GoDaddy, and that covers getting the URL, but you also have to, when your website is built, it has to live somewhere. So it's possibly hosted on GoDaddy or maybe it's hosted on Bluehost. The exact same thing happens with podcasting. You have to identify a hosting platform. And once you activate that platform, you want to use one that you podcast can grow with. So like, for example, Blueberry is a very interesting hosting platform because they distribute directly to a WordPress site on your behalf, and that is really helpful for SEO. But some of the other platforms that are really popular are Lipson, and Lipson does a great job because they integrate with all the listening platforms. So it is it can be complicated, which is why it's really helpful to have a podcast consultant or advisor or somebody to really walk you through the steps of launching an actual podcast step-by-step because you want to make sure all your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted. What percentage of podcasts do you think are actually profitable at all? 5%? Well, I think that you have to define what's profitable to a podcast host first because there are a lot of people that use podcasting for thought leadership positioning. There are a lot of authors who use their podcast as ways to promote books, films, like any of the creator industries, uh, like I said, the companion podcast to drive traffic back to downloading shows. There are a tremendous amount of coaches and consultants who launch podcasts in order to sell online programs. So they're maybe not monetizing their podcast in a direct way that's associated with traditional media. For example, you know, inserting a 30-second or 60-second commercial into a thought set like a radio show does, they're monetizing either by being able to reach their audience on a bigger platform to get more speaking gigs, to guests on other people's podcasts. So everyone's definition of how they make money off a podcast is different and should be established on the front end so that your expectations are reasonable and attainable for what it is that you want your podcast to do for you. In terms of the first window of time, like we recommend that people absolutely give themselves a minimum of six months to get their podcast up, running, get the momentum, you know, make sure all their marketing strategies are in place to grow their audience, and then review, okay, is now the time to monetize in this way or this way that that would work for me? Because you do have to build an audience first. Are there any podcasters that you're aware of that have a premium program or subscriber base where they require payment to listen, or is it all like the radio and the TV, free TV concept where they're just trying to build the biggest audience? I mean, are, are, there any, are you aware of anyone that is doing something like that? So there are actually several, I mean, 
multiple, multiple, multiple podcasts who are making monies on what's called a subscription-based platform or putting content behind a paywall. So this actually was an interesting misconception. When podcasting became so popular the last five years, you used to see the button subscribe. So, and you used to hear at the end of podcasts, they would say, hey, head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave us a review. Or you would say, subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite platforms. So what, in a focus group research, what came out was is that people who weren't as familiar with podcasting didn't realize that podcasting was actually free. To download a podcast was actually free. So now the term has shifted and people are using the term, follow my podcast, follow my podcast on wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or follow me, you know, follow us on Apple Podcasts. And the reason for that is that in 2021, both Apple Podcasts and Facebook and Spotify all launched paid subscription models. So you can actually have your podcast on all the platforms, but if you wanted to have special, let's say, behind-the-scenes content or if you wanted to do a green room episode with your guests that only your paid subscribers could download and listen to, then they pay a subscription fee and they get more access, either more access to you as a coach or a consultant or more access to your celebrity guests. So there is a subscription model that's becoming more and more popular, but it's not new as of 2021. There are lots of podcasters who have had these subscription models on a platform called Patreon, and there are people who are making anywhere from $500 a month to $100,000. I mean, and it's based on how much they charge for their behind-the-scenes content and what they're giving their audience for paying that monthly subscription fee. question I have is, does the podcast itself provide SEO bases? You mentioned something about one of the companies, one of the platforms has something with SEO. I mean, you know, content is always good for SEO, but when it's on YouTube or even less on a podcast, that content isn't really being captured on Google search unless you're doing a sound search. So, I guess the question is, does it provide benefits to you? It absolutely does, and there are two real great benefits to podcasting that people need to take into consideration when they're evaluating whether or not it will be a good thing for their business. One is, is that you only have to create the content one time. So you come into this, like, for example, you know, this show will be released as a podcast. We've created this content one time. We could take this content. We could have it transcribed the transcription that can then be repurposed into a blog post on a website or trade industry article. The transcription itself can be posted on the website, although Google doesn't love direct transcription. So what what we recommend is that you always, when you upload your podcast to your hosting platform and to your website, that you create what's called a show notes summary. And those show notes summaries have resource links, like, for example, in our show notes summary from this show, we're going to have links to things like Blueberry and Patreon, and so that the references that we have mentioned are going to be in those show notes. So the SEO by uploading just the show notes summary is really advantageous, and then they're also upload, those show notes summaries are also uploaded to the hosting platform, which then distributes to the Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. So all of that SEO optimized show notes are getting distributed to the platforms 
the description of the episode is keyword optimized. And the specific thing about Blueberry that's so interesting is that because their platform posts directly to the WordPress site, and the, the WordPress site is where the audio originates from. So when you go to search for the podcast, you're getting the benefit of being their origination source, whereas the other platforms, you can still be found in search, obviously, but the originating person who's getting the credit for it is the Lipson or the Anchor or the Simplecast. So that's a really interesting benefit of hosting on Blueberry. Well, let's go to the, to the next level. So you've got a podcast concept, you're not broke, and you want to start it out. What things would you look for to get a podcast coach or manager? How would you find one? Oh, so... The first thing you want to do when you're looking at podcast managers or podcast consultants is you really want to look at, like, what is, like, with, if you're hiring any business development coach or sales trainer or a life coach or any type of coach or consultant, you really want to look at what is their background. There are a tremendous amount of people who may have started their own podcast and found some success with it, and then as a result, then they became a podcast coach. But when you evaluate a podcast coach or consultant, really take into consideration, like, what have they done prior to their podcast? So, for example, if you look at Producer Podcast, which we will because that's the company that I own, I have a 20-plus-year broadcast radio background and then another 10 to 15 years of business development strategy working with entrepreneurs in Fortune 500 companies. So, the broadcast radio experience and sales management and programming side combined with the business development experience really enables me to have a perspective on the podcast that's 360 degrees, looking at how it affects your marketing, how it affects your branding, how it affects your business development. So you really want to be able to look at the resume, if you will, or the portfolio of the types of businesses that have worked with this podcast consultant before and what kind of track record that they have. Because like any industry, it's a very hot and trendy industry right now. And there are people who, you know, like I said, they may have launched their own podcast and then they thought, hey, this is a cool idea. I'm going to help other people launch their podcast. But you want to put your money and your resources into the people who have the most experience in the industry. But how would I find people? And LinkedIn is a great resource. Um, I mean, I think that you can also ask for referrals. If you hear, if you have a business colleague or you know of a business who has a really great sounding podcast that you really like or that you listen to, you know, reach out to them and say, hey, you know, did you work with a consultant? I mean, we, with Producer Podcast, 90% of our business up until 2021, so from 2016 to 2021, over 90% of our business was solely referral-based, and that was word of mouth of people who were really happy with our services recommended us to other people. But, you know, do an Internet search and evaluate the companies and what companies they've worked for. Like, go to their website and look at their portfolio and what types of podcasts have they launched. Do they have a vertical in personal finance? Do they have a vertical in healthcare? And look at who they've worked with and listen to some of the shows that they've produced. And if people have an interest in Produce Your Podcast, how do they reach you? The best thing to reach me is to go to ProduceYourPodcast.com. There's an actual little phone icon on the website, and you can click it, and it can 
it'll grab your contact information. It'll literally call my phone. But you can find me on all social media channels at Produce Your Podcast. And then you can find me on LinkedIn as Tracy DeForge, which is T-R-A-C-I-D-E-F-O-R-G-E, or Produce Your Podcast uh, on LinkedIn. So just reach out, and we do definitely do free consulting calls with people to help them see if we're fit and they're fit. And um, you always get a tangible takeaway, uh, good information from the call. It's not a bad choice or not anything that's going to, you know, you're going to get into that you can't get out of. It's really just an information exchange. We want to be sure people know the best knowledge around podcasting. Is there a minimum amount of time you need for podcast? An hour, half hour, or 10 minutes acceptable? I mean, that's the next question. You know, I mean, I think you, it depends on the type of show that you're releasing, how long it is. Um, the sweet spot in the length of a show is somewhere between 23 and 28 minutes. So if you're recording a 23 or 20, let's say a 30-minute episode, then you want to allow time to then have that recorded, edited, and released. Like for us, it's a five-day turnaround from the time that the uh, podcast is recorded, and we record everyone with live engineers remotely so that you never have to worry about the technology. So for us, the client only has to invest the time of showing up to be recorded, and we handle everything else. Um, but if you're doing it yourself, you want to allow more time to take care of all the things that need to be done to get it released. And then it depends on if you release it once a week or, or every other week or once a day. So there's no real formula except for that it can be a little bit more time intensive than you think if you're not having someone do it for you. Well, thank you very much. You've been listening to the KHS 1220 98.1 FM on the Ask Brian Radio Show. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian Radio Show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.